This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, you are listening to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking into the exciting avenues of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom and I'll be here each and every Friday for the Blue Monday preview show with a special guest to get their insider view on the next opponents for Ipswich Town. Ladies and gentlemen, it's another one of these. I keep doing this to poor people, especially the ones up north. Um, it's 10 to 11 at night, so a very big thank you um, on the other end of Skype, representing Sheffield United, Mr. Mark Lawton. How are you doing, Mark? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Ben. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I, must be, I must be honest, I, I do a residency um, in a restaurant and they always give me chips on a Wednesday and a Thursday, actually, which is not good for my weight, but... Um, I've just eaten a big box of chips, so I'm kind of feeling rather bloated and a bit lethargic. So you might have to, you might have to uh, do some of the heavy lifting on this podcast. Would you normally be in bed now? Or would you still be up? <laughs> nah, I'd still be up. Just hope you won't turn up on Saturday as lethargic as you are. <laughs> don't, don't. Hey, they've had two weeks off, so they bloody shouldn't. Um, right. So what we normally start out doing is just go over the games from last season and the form, but. Obviously, you were having a, a lovely old time um, in uh, League One. 30 wins, 92 goals, 100 points. I mean, we had a similar chat with um, Chris from uh, Bolton because um, they obviously scored a hell of a lot of points last year. Not as many as you, but um, sounds like it was a lot of fun. Can you give me a little bit, um, you know, how, how these seasons normally... They don't come out of nowhere, do they, when you score 100 points? They're normally, you know, something's happened over a few years. How did this come about? Who who were the star players? Just give me a kind of um, potted story of last season. Uh, bizarrely enough, it did kind of come out of the blue. It, <laughs> it was just the most amazing turnaround. We'd been pretty awful for a few years. Uh, the first season on the clough was, was good. We had a couple of good cup runs. It was good fun. Second year was boring. Nigel Adkins was a disaster. And and come the summer when they decided they were getting Chris Wilder, I think everyone was just relieved that we got somebody who the fans, I think everybody was happy to see him given a chance. You know, he's a Sheffield lad. He played for the club. Um, 
he he'd done incredibly well with Northampton Town. Had he, had he just taken them up? Yeah, yeah. yeah literally, we he, he'd done they and they'd kind of flown out of nowhere as well, haven't they? Not a great season the season before. Yeah, and, and they just were amazing, weren't they? Yeah, I think I think he kind of helped pull them out of the bottom end of the table or something. And then the next season, they again they hit a hell of a lot of points, a lot of goals. The season they went up. Um, but we were all saying, you know, he needs to get rid of so much of this squad. Pretty much anybody's up for grabs. There's barely anyone worth keeping. Yeah, there was there was the odd one, like obviously Billy Sharp. But you you were kind of saying, have a clear out. We don't care who goes. Just freshen it all up. Make a change. Something's wrong. And he did just that. He brought in a lot of players. None of them particularly, you know, names or anyone that would have kind of excited you when you saw the signing. But it was just good to see him making changes. And we actually had a terrible start. We had one point after four games. And even then, I think because he was a, a Sheffield lad and, and, and the fans wanted him to succeed, it had that positive effect because... You know, I've seen other managers get a bad start after four games and the back the fans are already on their back, but Wilder got a bit of a chance and once they won a game they just never looked back and, and by November you could see that we were gonna gonna be carrying on for the season. It didn't feel like it was just a flash in the pan, it felt like he'd got something going at the club. So had they made the had they made the top two by November then and just sat there? It's hard to remember whether we'd actually made it into the top two. We'd, we'd obviously, we were down at the bottom of the very start and then we kept on climbing up the league, climbing up the league, got into the picture. I don't don't think if Scunthorpe had been running away with the early doors and we may have been third or fourth. Um, we might have made it up in second by then. But we were closing in on, on Scunthorpe and there was just this sense of momentum about the team and there was a real squad a sort of a real belief in the squad. It, it just felt like we got a set of players that were working for each other. There was a positive attitude. They and and I think the fans at Bramall Lane. I think probably everywhere, but definitely Bramall Lane. They react well to a team that looks like they're trying. That looks like they're putting it all in. People accept mistakes and people accept, you know, the odd bad result. They feel like you, you're getting the effort from the players and that. Are, you, they're, they're are you channeling Mick McCarthy when you're saying those words? <laughs> Yeah, I suppose it's a very similar sort of... <laughs> that is pure Mick, isn't it? Um, so can you tell me a bit about the, the style of play and um, who the standout players were? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a bit of a cliche, but we are a team and that, that is the essence of, of why we succeed. I mean, Chris Wilder obviously is a good manager. He seems to be able to get a good squad atmosphere. He picks the sort of players that he thinks are going to work and going to fit in well. He seems very, very clear on that. If you ever see any interviews with him, if you ever watch anything or listen to anything that he says, it's, it's all about picking players with the right attitude, people who want to succeed, people who, who want to be part of a team. And alongside that, you know, people like Robert Fleck, he was probably the, the, the biggest influence in terms of we we got him in on a free transfer during might, the summer. You might have just sworn then. You said Robert Fleck, not John Fleck. Then oh, John Fleck, yeah. You <laughs> cannot mention Robert Fleck on a on the Nipswich podcast. No way. Shouldn't we say? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, John. You had Fleck. that lined up, didn't you, Mark? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was deliberate, just to wind you up. Yeah. But, um, John Fleck, we we got him in on a free from Coventry, and he was their sort of star player the year before, and he. He really helped knit the midfield together. He's he's the sort of player that makes everything tick, 
had a really good season. Certainly as the season went on, he was more and more influential. And of course, Billy Sharp was banging the goals in left, right and centre, which the fans loved because he was already a, a hero at the club. And everyone everyone had always been willing Billy Sharp to, to have a great season and do really well because he, he'd started at the club, he'd gone away, come back to the club, not quite hit the heights, gone away, come back. And, and it, it was a bit of a sort of perfect scenario when Billy Sharp, led the team to, to promotion last season again with Chris Wilder who's another Sheffielder at the helm it was he was kind of what all the fans have been waiting for it almost made five years six years in league one worth waiting for because it was a really really enjoyable season you knew every week we were going to put in the effort we were going to score goals we were going to play positively we were going to get results and you could see that the season was going to end in promotion and and he, I think a lot of it came down to the fact that he introduced the three-five-two formation that you're seeing everywhere now, but teams just didn't seem to know how to deal with it. And he kind of, you'll you'll see it on Saturday. He he does it with bells on. Not only do we have fullbacks flying forward, you get centre halves appearing in the penalty box, and not just at corners. They'll they'll go on runs and appear on the edge of the box or in the box. It, it almost seems like players have got a license to go forward and he wants the team to attack and get numbers in the right areas. So it's, it's good fun to watch as a United fan at the moment. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, uh, talking to the um, talking to the Bolton fan as well, um, you, you'd give up a few years in the division to have a... I mean, if you think about us, we've kind of been, apart from one year in the playoffs, just kind of in, in purgatory in the middle of the championship, not really challenging at the top not really at the bottom um I'm sure if you said to Ipswich fans you'll be down there three four seasons but you're going to come back and obviously we'll talk about the start that's been made now um I don't know sometimes a step back to take two steps forward you know and you, you can put the club do you know what I mean put the club 10 years ahead um if you're now at the at the top of the championship for example yeah I mean it's it, it's amazing how it goes, isn't it? I mean, it, it felt like four or five steps back because we really were pretty awful for most of that time in League One. It wasn't like we were even close to going up for most of that. We had one good season when we first went down. We we got in and around the playoffs maybe one, one other time, but didn't really threaten to go up. And it, it just felt like we the club didn't know how to get itself out of inertia. And... Yeah, as a fan, you'd rather just see a good season and some entertainment and coming up this season and now being at the top end. I, I don't honestly think most United fans are, are worry too much if we slip away. I think most of us are expecting us to slip away. But it, it's the fact that we've got the, the nerve to try and do it in a way. It's, it's just great to see. We haven't just sort of come up and thought, right, we'll, we'll try and battle in and hang on and try and just keep out of relegation and go for the point where we can get a point. We... We approach every game trying to win it, and it, it's just what you want to do. What it's what what you want when you turn up on a Saturday, isn't it? You want to see your team going for it, and if they lose games, they lose games. But they're not doing it in a they're not going out on the pitch with fear in their hearts, which is, you know, it, there's nothing worse than turning up and seeing a side that's just happy to finish mid table because they know they're not quite good enough to get promoted, and the key is not to get relegated. Yeah, no, quite. But we we've seen it quite a lot. There's you know over the last twenty years or so, there's been a few teams that have gone straight through. I think you can play the same way in League One and in the Championship. There's not that much difference. You know, if you've got a midfielder who can keep the ball, you've got a, a goal scorer in your 
you're fairly t- fairly tight. Um, you know, you can play you can play the same way. And we 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 sort of always say on our pod, you know, we've been doing it for three years. Um, there's a team comes up with a lot of points, you know, and maybe they've been winning for. I always remember George Burley saying about our amazing Premier League season in um, early two thousands. He said, "Well, the previous four years, the, the, we'd spent the previous four years winning. We'd lost in the playoffs, but obviously we'd, you know, won like seventy games over. The, do you know what I mean? Over that, over that time. So, you know, it's not not that big a surprise when you see a team get hundred hundred points. Then, you know, and all of a sudden they're they're winning again the next season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot to be said for confidence, isn't there? In certainly, you know, I, I don't think." Well, I was going to say, I don't think it, you can necessarily do that in something like the Premier League and outrun the Tottenham. No, no. You know, and, and Tottenham and Arsenal or all the rest of it, but then Leicester proved us a bit wrong on that point. But but more often than not, I think, you know, in some in a league like the Championship, you've you've got players that more often than not are not good enough to be in the Premiership. They've yeah, it's not, it's not where. sophisticated. It's, you know... It's it's fairly basic, and like you've just said, um, someone said to me a few weeks ago, they've all got a key weakness, haven't they? You know, and it's it, it it's the guys who, like you say, they're they're either going to make it up there. You know, you've probably got like you've got these couple of lone players. We'll talk about them. It's guys like that who are going to end up there, or guys that have kind of had a go and didn't didn't quite get there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and and then it becomes very much about if you can get that team spirit together and that belief together and. That winning mentality, I think, takes you a long way. The, the question is whether the bubble gets burst at some point and whether you get a few key injuries and whether you just lose momentum. But I think you, you do see sides year in, year out go close, don't you? I mean, Huddersfield being an example last year managed to do it. And you, you get teams who... Derby no, no. County, yeah, who just never... You know, they seem to have the squad every year. But, you know, I suppose like... Us in the early, um, in the late nineties as well, going close and never quite getting there. It's interesting what you say. Actually, um, I think one of the keys as well in the championship is when you do have these players who are on their way to the Premier League, like we had Tyrone Mings, for example. How long can you keep them for? You know, if you can, if you can keep that player for three seasons, and you know, say, look, we'll, we'll let you go in a couple of, couple of, couple of seasons, but it's. I suppose it's making that mix. Anyway, look, let's move on. So we go to pre-season um, this year. And I was quite surprised, actually. I, I went on the web um, and just checked because I thought, oh, Blades won't have bought in bought in many if they scored 100 points. But, um, I mean, you can fill me in um, how many of these are actually featuring. But, uh, well, Stearman we know all about because we had him at Ipswich. Um, Bulldog, Evans, Lundstrom, Hennigan, Thomas, Stevens. Donaldson and then your two Premier League loan players, Blackman and Carter Vickers. Um, so from what you're saying, he kind of regenerated the squad at the start of last season. And has he pretty much done the same thing again this season? Um, no, I think this season what he's really looked to do is just strengthen the squad and give himself probably more of a squad. So you look down that list of players and people like... Um, well, Stearman, um, he got injured after a couple of games, so it's very hard to comment on him, really. He's, I think he's always he been a good player, though, Stearman, hasn't he? Yeah, and, and I'm sure he was brought in as a first choice. But um, people like Lundstrom, um, Bulldog, 
Hennigan, I think they were brought in to add depth to the squad, really. Lundstrom's coming on and off off the bench. I think he obviously fancies him and, and thinks that he can make it at this level, but he's kind of giving him a, a fairly easy introduction. And to be fair, you know, the midfield's doing well, so it, it would be unusual to see him bring him straight in, to be honest. He's given the, the players from last year the chance, really, and just brought in the players that he, he needs to when he needs to. So Bulldog's playing at the moment because Freeman got injured. And there's a question of whether Freeman will get back in there because Bulldog's done really well when he's when he started. Um, but then Freeman scored about nine goals from fullback last year. So you would think that, um, yeah, that would be a, a good bit of competition. I think that's what he's looking to achieve. Um, you know, you look at, again at the list. Blackman came in as a competition for Simon Moore and then Simon Moore got injured in pre-season. So Blackman's been playing in goal. Um Carter Vickers, I, I think he, he wanted a bit more strength at the back and, you know, that probably that little bit of extra skill level you get from a Premier League loan mm. player as a young lad and not, you know, give him a chance to get some football. I'm sure Tottenham were expecting him to play when they sent him out on loan. But again, he's he's not been uh, ever-present in the in the team. He he seems to have kind of kept the core of his squad. The one who's really started every week has been Edna, Edna Stevens, and he's done really well at full-back on, on the left-hand side. Um, and I think that was a bit of a weakness for his last season. I think Lafferty wasn't... I don't think most of the fans thought Lafferty was quite good enough to make the step up. Um, and and so he's, he's very much kind of brought more players into the fold that he can trust to come in to give other players a rest and to add competition into the team, really. Again, Evans, another option up front. Um, but he, he doesn't look fit at the moment. I, he's He's played a fair bit on and off, but not really as a starter. And whenever he comes on, he looks lacking sharpness. He's, by all accounts, he needs a, a, an operation on his ankle. So it'll be interesting to see how he is later this season. Has the world moved on from him being a controversial figure now? <laughs> You'd like to think so. I think a lot of fans, it, it probably split the fans a bit in the summer when they brought him back. I think... You know, a, a lot of fans would have felt, myself included, that you know nothing against Evans. He's been cleared. He's entitled to to, to get on with his life. Um, but did it was it a good mix to bring him back to United, where perhaps it made him more of a story? Um, it, it felt a little bit like we'd had a good season. We were on the up. Did we need that kind of negativity that he might have brought? But to be honest, it seems to have been pretty quiet, and it doesn't seem to have had the kind of eyes on us that you thought it might have caused. Um, and it'd be interesting to see how he goes because he was great that season five years ago when we first was went down. Banging him in, wasn't he? Yeah, and and obviously he's he's not played for a long time. He was very in and out last season for Chesterfield. He was injured most of the time. Um, and you know, taking into account the fact that he's he's been acquitted of what he he was accused of doing, it be good, nice to see him get back and get his career on track because you know the. the Guy had a promising career before it all happened. Um, so yeah, he's he's an interesting one to watch. And and then the other one that we brought in that that you would expect to feature quite a lot is Donaldson. Yeah, um, he's got a lot of Championship road miles, hasn't he? Yeah, and and um, it's unfortunate because he he made an absolutely fantastic start. He scored two goals in on his debut at Sunderland, and as he banged in the second, he pulled his hamstring, and we haven't really seen him since. He 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 came. Oh, I think he featured against Forest actually a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, um, but he, you know, he looked like he was a player just coming back from an injury that day. It'd be interesting to see whether he can be the man that 
banged in those couple of goals against Sunderland over the next few weeks. He certainly adds a bit of power and pace up front, um, and it takes the pressure off Billy Sharp a bit. But while he's been out, we've also had, um, you know, scored, what, four goals in, in two games. Sorry, name slips my mind for a second. But, um, oh, God, who am I thinking of? Um, You're thinking of your glorious derby, yeah, Lee- aren't you? Yeah, but Leon Clark, you know, he started the season. He, he had a great run at the end of last season. He, he'd been injured a little bit. He really got his form going at the end of last season. Started this season and he just looked and thought, now, unfortunately, he's not quite a championship player. And, you know, I think that's borne out by the fact his career has been, been largely in League One and whenever he's made championship level, he's had to go back down again. But then he suddenly caught fire against Wednesday and against Wolves, scored two in both those games, and he was fantastic. And he was a little bit unlucky to lose his place to Donaldson against Forrest. I think it was a bit of a, a bit of a strange lineup against Forrest. We we swapped him for Donaldson, and we also um, made a couple of other changes. Maybe he was got an eye on the squad a little bit, but it seemed to backfire a little bit. And it's probably the first time I've seen Wilder make a mistake in the last twelve months or so. Um, those three say, forwards as well, Mark. Sorry to cut you off. Those three forwards, they're all... I'm, I'm trying to see positive for Ipswich here. They're all quite old, aren't they? Donaldson, Sharp and uh, Clark. They're all in their 30s, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. This this is the thing is, you know, we haven't gone out there and spent a lot of money on on players at all. We've brought in players from lower league, really, uh, with the exception of Stearman. Players that, you know, I think he feels have got something to offer at this level. And it's a mixture of... A couple of, you know, experienced heads like Donaldson um, and Stearman and then, you know, some young promising sorts like Hennigan, who he's seen something in and Thomas, who was, you know, I mean, Thomas is a lad who scored 89 goals for Hartlepool last season in League Two when they got relegated. But he, he popped on the pitch for 20 minutes at the end of one of the games and looked great. So, yeah, it, it, it's been an interesting recruitment over the summer and I think... Where where we go next? Or yeah, it'd be interesting to see how we line up on Saturday. I mean, we've we've got David Brooks is a lad you'll hear a lot of the United fans talk yeah, about. Yeah, he's exciting, isn't he? It's been wonderful, and the, there's been a lot of talk of him over the summer. There's been a lot of talk about him the year before, but you know, very much as one for the future. And then he seemed to come into his own over the summer in pre-season and in the Toulon tournament for England and the Twenty Bs, and everyone was waiting to see him play, and he, he he's played the last sort of three or four games with the exception of the Forest game and every time he's, he's on the pitch he's he's a handful to the opposition he's one of those young players that runs at people, he's got a touch he's got a bit of vision, he's got that confidence that yeah, comes they just, with They just don't care do they when they're that young, do you know what I mean? They don't care yeah. about giving the ball away or making a mistake or anything do they? No, absolutely and, and he's been the kind of X factor I think in, in the certainly the run over the last month or so He's just brought that spark into the side. Before that, we we looked positive. We looked like we we were a well organised side. We we were playing with a with a good attitude and trying to break sides down. But we didn't really have that spark in the team. And he's added that without any doubt. Where, where does he start, um, Brooks? Where, where where does he line up? He plays sort of just behind the front two. Really, he's an attacking midfielder, um, and you know if. If he's got any weakness, it's, it's probably his finishing isn't 100%, but then he's not there to be a finisher. I mean, he's no, true. better at that. He's the sort of person that 
he, he takes on defenders and he, he somehow manages to find flicks and tricks and getting round people and inside people and, and running at them. And, it, and it's just fantastic to watch. And he, he just never gives the defence a moment's rest. He's, he's constantly involved in the link-up plays, constantly troubling the centre-halves with his runs. And he, he, he probably creates a lot of space for the centre-forwards, which is why you start to see someone like Clark banging in the goals. Because um, he, he, it takes the pressure off him to be the one that's stretching the defence all the time. Sure, sure. So um, let's just go into the... Um, so it's 11 games we're in now. So basically, you've had a superb um, start. And very much like Ipswich, no draws. But um, as we've discussed at length on our pod, draws aren't really that much use in a 46 game. You can, you know, you see all these teams go up and they've lost... 19 games or something so you know draws don't do that much good here so seven wins in 11 third in the league um just talk me through the start of the season and particularly interested in um the games against because obviously Wolves have been really good and you beat them and obviously this glorious one against um the away win uh against Sheffield Wednesday I'm sure that had been a a long time coming for you as well. So, yeah, tell me about the start of the season and if you can hone in on those two games, that'd be great. Yeah, it, 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 it's been great. I mean, we have Brentford at home first off and I, I felt that was going to be a tough one. I know of you with the Brentford lads. and Yes, yeah, sorry. I mean, know, we just need to say thank you to Billy because he actually hooked us up with you for the podcast, Billy from b So, thank you. Um, go ahead, Mark. Sorry. And, yeah... It, it, it always felt like that was one of those games that some of the United fans might feel was going to be easier than it was. And and it, it was a pretty tight game, to be honest, that we, we managed to get ourselves the victory. And I think that did us the world of good. We looked, looked maybe a little bit nervous that day. I think Brentford were off colour as well. It was one of those typical first games of the season. I don't think either side did themselves full justice. But we got the points and then we went away to Middlesbrough and we were a little bit unlucky because we, we scored an equaliser in the 93rd minute and... You look at it on TV and you just can't work out why he disallowed it. I think he thought the, the linesman thought he was offside and it clearly wasn't. So we're a little bit unlucky there. But but then we showed our spirit by bouncing back, getting a good win against Derby. And yeah, to be fair to Derby on that day, they couldn't have done any more to help us. It was one of those bizarre games where United played really, really well and deserved to win. But the first goal was a bad kick out by the goalkeeper, which um, fell to, I can't remember who it fell to, but he just banged it straight back into the net probably sharp actually because he scored the first few goals um the next one was an own goal <laughs> and then the third came when they were pushing right at the end of the game oh the keeper got... went up didn't he yeah the I keeper remember, went up yeah. and that's right um to be fair we, we dominated the kind of game and they'd they'd been pushing in the last 10 or 15 minutes and they got one back with about three minutes to go and then their keeper obviously appeared in our box with a minute or so to go and we sprinted off down the other end of the pitch and put the third in so we managed to score three goals two of them gifted well all of them pretty much gifted by Derby to be fair but um, yeah it was was a good performance and I think that did our again confidence a huge amount of good it was a good strong win against a a decent side you know you always expect Derby to be there about at the top Mm. half of the table um, and then, yeah, went away to Sunderland, got a good win. Um, they seem to be struggling a little bit at the moment, but that was a really good performance. They for us. were terrible. We beat them five two, which is if you're losing five two at Ipswich, you have to be bad, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
But it, it felt like uh, they've got a problem there, I think, as well, because it's, it's one of those warnings as well. Of, you know, they've got 40,000 stadium, there's 20-odd thousand in there, and it feels empty, even though it was, you know, I think there were 29,000 there, but it felt a bit like a morgue. It just felt like the heart wasn't in the club at the moment. And you can understand it. They've had a bad, bad 18 months or so, haven't they, really? Yeah. Um, but actually, in between times, we lost to Cardiff, and I didn't get down to that game, so I can't really comment too much on that. But obviously, they had a great start, and it it, it wasn't too too disappointing to see us lose there. Um, and then, I'm just trying to think of the order of games. But we'll, we'll shoot forward to the Wednesday game, because that was by far the highlight. And it was wonderful, not just because we, we stuffed Wednesday, but because of the manner of the performance. It was... It was everything you want to see from your side in a local derby, away from home, a side who everyone would have fancied more than us. They, they, we would have been the underdogs in that game, irrespective of the fact that we went in probably in a higher league position. You know, they, they've got an expensive team. They've got We've got 2,000 fans there. They've got 30,000 fans there. And talking to, to all the mates you've got around town, yeah, you obviously got fan, friends who are Wednesday fans, and they were trying not to get too overexcited, but they clearly thought they were going to give us a bit of a beating. Um, and we turned up and we showed real confidence. You know, we started the game positively. We took took the game to them. The game's completely in their half for the first few minutes. We got ourselves a free kick, banged it in the back of the net. And then even better, we just went on to try and score a second, got a second after 15 minutes, carried on, tried to score a third. And they just didn't know what had hit them. We, we absolutely dominated that first half. And, and even the Wednesday fans had to. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Kind of admit that, you know, could have been three or four by half time. They could have had a real humiliation. And unfortunately, they got a goal right on the stroke of half time, which brought them back into it. And then they, they found their feet a little bit at the start of the second half and momentum was all with them. And then Wilder did 
what what Wilder seems to be able to do, which is make a, a clever substitution. And he, when we're two one up, but starting to come under a lot of pressure, and he he took off. He put our defensive midfielder back to centre half because Basham can play defensive mid or centre half. He can play he all t- the way across the back, can't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a really useful player to have, Basham, and he and he put him back at centre half, took the centre half off, um, and brought on an attacking midfielder. And you're sort of thinking, what's he doing that for? We're we're really under it here. And they a couple of minutes later they actually scored, but then we just went straight down the other end and went three two up. And, and there was he, those glorious tweets of. Wednesday fans video and it wasn't there and it reminds me of when Suarez went through against Norwich missed he was getting completely taunted then the keeper kicks out he nicks it straight off him and puts it back in and it's just this <laughs> most beautiful poetic <laughs> there you go shut up absolutely it was brilliant and that video of them all bouncing and singing and then they suddenly realized that we were in their penalty area and he and, and it was great hell of a goal as well that third one wasn't it? yeah the fantastic finish as well from an angle. And, you know, just to make it sweeter, it was Duffy who Wilder had brought on five minutes earlier. And that just absolutely silenced the crowd again. It was wonderful. And it, I loved the fact that we had the nerve and the positive attitude to do that. You know, you'd just been pulled back to two all after two nil up in, in a local derby away from home. And instead of trying to batten down the hatches and trying to take the sting out of the game and be careful we went straight up the other end and even at three to up we then went all out for a fourth and got the fourth and they just didn't know what hit them we we just showed that we we had the confidence and the belief to go and take the game to them whatever they tried to do and i and i know a lot of the sort of wednesday fans are like oh you know we we played so badly you wouldn't see it you can't believe so many players had such a bad game and that's probably true but to me they had a bad game because we just absolutely did a job on them we if if you go to your local rivals and you put them under the cosh in the first five or ten minutes and get yourself a goal and then go all out and get yourself a second goal they are going to play badly they've got 30,000 fans who are on their backs and frustrated and and that's good play from United and that was great management from Chris Wilder and and it was really nice to see his interview afterwards he was so proud of the team and you could tell it meant so much to him you know not not just the fact that it was local derby but it was his team and his local derby and he knew what he felt like as a fan and you could see that every inch in the, the interview and and, it, and he, he managed to do it with respect as well. He he didn't get too cocky, he didn't get too, you know, gloating against the Wednesday fans. He kind of showed a real degree of, um, I don't know, just a real d- degree of sort of decency about him in that. And I thought that game was particularly interesting because you saw at the end, I don't know if many people would have seen it, but as, as you know, as the game ends and he's kind of about to go on the pitch to sort of greet his players. There's a, a guy calling him from the main stand. He's obviously a Wednesday fan and he, he's kind of calling out to him and Wilder sort of puts his thumb up and acknowledges him and then goes over and has a chat and the guy kind of congratulates him. And the guy's obviously a, a Wednesday fan who's one of his mates. And I think he just says a lot about sort of local football really is, you know, you, you've got the, the, the absolute burning desire to, to, that year, your local rivals, but at the end of the day, everybody knows and has got friends who support that team. And you know, there's there's something, you know, something nice to see the manager being able to be part of all that. You know, he gets it intrinsically in terms of <clears throat> he he's got that experience himself, just like the fans have. Um, so that was that was really good. And then then moving on from that, oh God, 
I don't know if the season exists outside of that great performance <laughs> against he was, he was just wonderful. But yeah, we played Wolves at home, didn't we, three days later? And yeah, that was another of those games. To be fair, Wolves looked a good side. They looked probably the yeah, best they've been side. They're looking really good, haven't they? Yeah, they, they look quality for 15 minutes. It was it was an even sort of game in that, you know, neither yeah. side really tested the keeper in the first 15 minutes, but they were probably controlling the game more than most sides have done against us. And they looked confident and fluid in that their passing was good, their movement was good. They just looked like a good team. And then they we we went at them and got in behind them and, and Cody pulled down Clark. And, and he had to go, really. I mean, he, he got round the back of him and he got himself sent off. We got a free kick on the edge of the box and, and that just turned the game in our favour. And it's hard to know, you know, whether the 10, man, 10 men made the difference. Obviously, it does. But would it have made a difference anyway if he'd stayed on the pitch? But we'd gone 1-0 up by Clark going through and scoring. So it was another good performance either way. You know, we came up against a good side, still still went at them when we had the opportunity and we got, got our reward for it. So that was another really good performance. But I think, no doubt about it, Wolves looked a good side. Um, and then, then the final game really was, was um, Forest away last Saturday, which was probably the one slightly disappointing result. Um, but, but to be fair, you know, it, it was one of those games we've made a couple of changes. Forest did well. They came back from an early goal. We, You're going to make me th- miss Daryl Murphy now, aren't you? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> You're going to make me miss Daryl Murphy when you talk about <laughs> this game. He played well in that one, apparently, did he? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, he did. And, and you know, in a way, they kind of did did to us what, what we've done to other teams in that they, they showed spirit. You know, they, they got behind early. We looked like we were dominating for 10 minutes or so. And then we made the mistake. We They, they had a corner and Ball came out to John Fleck, um, and, he, and he controlled it easily in the box, and he, he had all the time in the world to clear, and he just made a bad touch, and they they saw their opportunity, they closed him down, and his his next touch was just a hopeful prod to the edge of the box, which they, I think it was, um, yeah, your man who then pushed it into the back of the net, and, and yeah, it was a good strike, to be fair, from the edge of the box, but that brought the game back, and then their fans really got going, and they got a second not too long after. And I, I think their fans deserve a lot of credit for that game because they really got behind their team. Um, and and we, we played our part in that game. We we were, I'd, I'd say we were the better side. I mean, I think we played really well, to be fair. And I think Wilder was right in what he said in the, his interview afterwards in that it was a good performance. We just didn't quite get the ball in the net at the right time. And, and they took their chances and we perhaps didn't. And, you know, but they, it, you know, it's football, isn't it? They had a chance to score a third several times. We had a chance to equalise a few times. And you've got to learn to accept your defeats, haven't you? I mean, at the end of the day, we'd have been more than happy with the start that we've had before this season. So, um, yeah, it's been fantastic. Just hope we can keep keep on going the way it's been going. Absolutely. Um, which brings us to, to Saturday. So, as I said, um, United are third on 21 points. Ipswich now eighth after the Bristol City game. Um, so you'd make, I mean, looking at the table and the last 18 months of football, you just looking at that, you'd make United favourites probably. On, um, on the balance of it, who do you see starting for 
United, and we're expecting this three-five-two um, from Wilder. Oh, definitely the three-five-two. Um, can't see any reason why he changed that. Um, in terms of starting, it's a bit tricky trying to work it out up front because we've had so many injuries up front. I mean, that's the strange thing as well. We've done so well with a number of. We went into the Wednesday game with literally five of our six strikers unavailable. Um, we had Sharp on the bench, but he wasn't fit. We had Evans, who's not been fit most of the season, sitting on the bench. And, and Clark started really because Donaldson was injured. Hansen's been injured all season, although I don't think he'd really feature anyway. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, in terms of what we see as the starting eleven, I think you'd see definitely Blackman in goal, although you know Simon Moore... He's, he's probably breathing down his neck because he was our number one last year and he's fit again. Um, left back, you'll see Edna Stevens. Uh, right back, probably, I won't be surprised if Bulldog keeps his place above Freeman, but, but that's a bit of a toss-up as well. Um, both of them have done well when they've played this season. Centre-halves, Jack O'Connell, who's been one of the players who I haven't mentioned, actually. He was, he was a rock last season. He was a great signing from Brentford and he's, he's played well this season as well and he's a real favourite of the fans. Um, you'll probably have Jake Wright um, or Carter Vickers at centre-half as well, possibly both of them. Basham could sit in at centre-half um, as well. So it's, it's probably three of those four playing at centre-half. I think Stearman's still injured. Um, and then in midfield, you'll have definitely Fleck and Coots if they're both fit. Um, you'd like to think Brooks as well. Um then you've got the two fullbacks coming up um, alongside that. And then you know, it could be Sharp, it could be Donaldson, it could be Clark, two of those three, probably. Um, it's, it's a little bit hard to say at the moment because we have used quite a few different players. And um, I think that's very much what Wilder was after, is getting a squad where no one's really certain of starting. I think Cutes and Flex are certain of starting and, and Sharp, when fit, would be certain to start um, but there's quite a lot of competition beyond that um, Brooks you'd love to see play every week but whether he'll he'll try and rest him a little bit and and give him give him a chance to to play a few games and then miss a few games but yeah I, I think you'll probably see Brooks and a another um, going on up front I think a lot of the managers kind of reset at this point don't they because you know, you played the first 10 games and then you get the two-week break. And if you actually look at it for the rest of the month um, until the last week, it's just Saturday games. So it kind of starts to settle down and then you get the all the games in December. So I, I think we got the same thing our end, actually, where most of the people are back now and you kind of don't know. Um, when I hear you talk about the three five two. It makes me think that McCarthy might actually match it up, and because um, we have done that. Although we've played a four two three one the past couple of games, um, although then we lost the last game and mix one for you know changing it if you if you've just lost. So I have no idea what he's going to do um, strategy wise. Um, probably five or six of the players I can get a guaranteed starters but it's it's certainly going to be an interesting one and um like like I said if you're talking definite 352 he does have a tendency to 
to match up in an away game where you're the underdog and kind of, you know, use that as the foundation. How do you see it going on Saturday then, Mark? Um, it'll be a be an interesting game. I, I can't help feeling this season that you've, you've got a couple of sides at the bottom who are struggling. You've, you've got a couple of sides who look like they could be, you know, stronger than the rest like Wolves. But I think beyond that, there's a lot of teams who are all dangerous on their day. And I think, you know, ourselves and Ipswich would fall into that bracket somehow. Um, so it very much depends who, who plays to their, their best, doesn't it, really? I mean, you'd like to think, as obviously as a United fan, we're at home, we've been on a good run. You'd like to think that we can get a result on Saturday. But I, I wouldn't want to take anything for granted, to be honest. I think, you know, the same with Forest away. That showed that there's... there's you know, there's there's fine lines between a lot of these teams, um, and it, it will depend on who comes back from the the international break at, at full pelt. Really, I think I think we'll certainly go for it. I don't think it's in United's nature to be remotely cautious in the way that we play football. Um, the the one thing that he maybe changes a little bit from a home to away is maybe having Basham as a holding midfielder away from home home um, alongside Fleck and Coots, and and when it's at home, then he'll add an extra man into midfield who's more of an attacking midfielder, whether it's, you know, two out and out strikers um, and, and Brooks in behind, or whether he has Brooks and one of the strikers sort of playing up front and, and someone like Duffy in behind. But I, th- I think you'll see a positive game of football. I think United will very much go out there to win it. I don't think they'll be afraid, but I, I fully expect it, which will give us a good game. And I think, I think there'll be goals. I, I don't think United are the sort of side that you see playing many nil-nil draws. Um, so I think it'll be entertaining for everybody that goes along um, and, and hopefully we'll get a result at the end of it. But yeah, maybe 2-1 either way. Maybe, could, maybe we're both due a draw. Yeah, I mean, it's nailed on to not be a draw, so it probably will be a draw. But and we've, It's strange because we've ended up um, high scoring. In fact, we're the joint top scorer in the league looking at this with Bristol City. Um, without... It's all been just the the power of our forward plays rather than any any kind of system kind of thing. You know, just Garner, McColdrick, Waghorn, um, they've all just played well and all they've all sort of got four or five um four or five goals between them. Be interesting actually, you've got Brooks in that thing. We've got Selena who's on loan from Manchester City. He's the guy where you're like, Oh, Will he start? Will he not? Because he, you know, a bit of a luxury kind of player. Um, be nice f- from a fan's point of view to see Brooks start for United and Selena start from Ipswich because that will guarantee a really sort of attacking game too. But um, I have tickets. I will be there. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, what I'd written down in my notes, Mark, is, um, and you kind of covered this a little bit, but from day one, have your expectations sort of changed now you've seen 10 games for how high up um, United are going to finish? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was telling everybody that cared to listen that we would have a tough season and that, you know, finishing in the fifth or sixth and bottom would be absolutely great. I was, I was more than happy to just see us survive because I think you see a lot of sides come up from League One. There's always the ones that manage to... to, to give it a shout and try and get up to the premiership and 
surprise everybody, but a lot of sides do go back down or do end up in the bottom five or six and, and really struggle. And, and even after the first couple of games where we got a couple of results, I, I, I thought, you know what, we've, we've had a good start, but this is still going to be a very tough season. Now you'd like to think we can, you know, hold our own around the middle somewhere. If we if we can finish better than that, that'd be wonderful. I, I don't think I've got any illusions that we're going to end up in the playoffs, but you can never say never. But, you know, I think you, you see football year after year, this sort of thing happens where a side's in the top three or four and, and the next minute, you know, you're mid-table again because the, the table's pretty tight. Um, even even Wednesday, you're only five points behind us, dare I say, and they're, they're firmly in the kind of eighth or ninth spot, I think, at the moment. So I, I, I think expectations have changed, but not completely wildly ambitiously. I, I, I think, you know, I've, I've been watching football for getting on 40 years and I, I don't think I can bring myself to believe that this is going to be a promotion season, much as it'd be lovely. And, and in a way, if I'm being dead honest, I'm not sure at the moment how much I want us to, to be a premiership side because I don't know how much I want that ambition of, of trying to be Stoke City or something and being just <laughs> in the middle of the premiership. Because it's, We've had this conversation so many times. I know, ex- I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I'd rather us have a few seasons of being around, you know, hopefully doing pretty well in the championship and having excitement every weekend. Yeah, full stadium, make some money, score some goals, yeah. Yeah, feel feel like you support a team that's good in the championship, not just a team that everybody flicks through on match of the day to get to the other teams. Yeah, right. I'm I'm just looking down at this table as well, and between 7th and 12th, you have... Villa, Norwich, Fulham, Borough, and Sheffield Wednesday, who could all swap places with, with some of these. Although I will say, having seen Bristol City and Leeds play, there's, they're they're both better than I expected them to to be. And Wolves, surprise, you know, seem to have knitted that team together. And then you have Warnock there. So there you go. I've got about eleven teams finishing in the in the top six there. Um, right. Let's have a bit of fun anyway. Um, Mark, we always do this. We ask um, all um, all of the contributors on here. The, your favourite player since you've been watching, it can be a real obvious one. It can be a cult hero. We've had some really, really good ones. Even we had Chris Makin the other week, from a Sunderland fan, which was interesting. Um, so you, you just said you've been watching 40 years, so we should be able to get a good one here. So your favourite Blades player since you've been watching? Oh God, God, that takes a bit of thinking about. Um, <laughs> I, I think you've kind of caught me a little bit there. There's, there's just been so many. I mean, the trouble is, as a kid, every United fan of my era loved Tony Curry and Alan Woodward, but it, it's just so long ago now. And we, we've had some real heroes over time, like obviously Brian Dean, Tony Garner was fantastic from a from a United fan's point of view. But yeah. Um, God, I remember when um, we played when Joe Royal was manager. I remember Phil Jagielka looking absolutely. I remember seeing him play for you and Lescott playing for Wolves that season, and they both, I think, played for England. And I remember him being absolutely brilliant for you. Yeah, oh, Jagielka was absolutely wonderful when when 
the years when we kind of went up to the Premier League and, and had that season in the Premier League, Jaggy Elka was was everything. And and we've had a few over the years. You know, we had Kyle Walker. He looked a wonderful player. Um, we only had him got about 18 months before. He was stolen after about eight months. He started part way through the season, got a place in the team. Again, talked about an awful lot before he got on the pitch. Um, I, guess, signed... I guess he must be the world's most expensive fullback now, is he? Got to be, got to be getting there. I'm not sure if Mendy was ended up being more expensive than oh, him. Oh, okay. Not, yeah, not even the most expensive in his team. Then there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the wonderful world of Man City. Eh? But he he was fantastic, and we but we didn't see we didn't have him for that long. Unfortunately, you know, it's it's the nature of the game nowadays, isn't it? I mean, we we also had Calvert Lewin, who we barely saw, and he, he's now starting regularly for for Everton, but. Yeah, Walker was great while we had him, but he was a short-lived thing. Players like Michael Tongo, everyone's forgotten about. Oh, yeah. When we had him at that period. Um, you know, he, he always had a little bit of magic in him when he was on form. Wasn't um, there a season as well where Michael Brown scored like nearly 30 from midfield as well? He scored quite a lot, yeah. I don't yeah. know if it was that. He, he oh, maybe I'm misremembering it. I remember him scoring a shitload of goals from centre mid as well. Anyway... We'll hedge. We've named some names. What I did want to talk to you about is, do you remember this period, Kendall versus Burley and Tariko versus Hutchison, where Sheffield United were actually the second most hated opponents of Ipswich, just for those battles and that um, that playoff um, defeat in 97, 98? I think I got the right... Right, you then. What are your, what are your recollections of that? Was, that? was the hatred reciprocated or... Was it all much of a muchness? I don't know if it was a hatred there, but there was definitely a rivalry going on at that point. And there was there was that sense you have this at times with teams, don't you? I remember we had a bit of a rivalry, in my mind anyway, with, with Hull we always seemed to be battling for things. And, and Wolves at one stage we seemed to come up against quite a lot in key games and even Port Vale at one point. But, I, yeah, I mean, I, was that the one which was too all in the, too, in the playoffs? Oh, it, was, it was heartbreaking because we... We lost on away goals, didn't we? Two That's years, right. two years running. Um, Andy Walker. Uh, very, you know, you're talking about the your game against Wednesday recently. We scored, um, and you went right up. I think we took the lead, and you're like, we're I don't know, ten minutes away, or something like that, from from Wembley, and literally straight up the other end. And Andy Walker popped one. I always remember, just remember Fuertoft and Hutchison being. You know they had a they had a bit of narc about them, but obviously we had Tariko, who you guys absolutely despised, didn't you? So um, they were good days, though, weren't they? Hey, yeah, they were. They were. It was. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of similarities between the clubs, isn't there? As well, I mean, I, th- I think we both sides that have our time in the Premier League and our time in the Championship, and and probably a similar sort of level of of. Success, although you obviously had the, the Bobby Robson era, which was over and beyond what we could ever dream of having. I think, but I, I think you get that kind of rivalry with with, with clubs of that type, don't you? Yeah. Where, yeah, you know, you're kind of natural rivals in a lot of way. For for, you know, we come up against you probably quite a lot over the years in 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 kind of key points in in the in the season where you you your sides that go through periods where you you're you're chasing the dream of the premiership or whatever else and and 
yeah, I, I don't know. I I think those days will come again, hopefully. Well, it's well, it's lovely to have you back, isn't it? Eh? After five <laughs> after after five years away, unless you do that terrible thing of going straight through the division. Um, yeah. Right, I'm going to do my plugs, and then we're going to come to you for the last word, Mark. You've been fantastic. Um, so uh, obviously, if you got this far, you are. Um, listening to the Blue Monday podcast, you can subscribe. We have three shows per week. The flagship show on Monday, uh, Dave and Statman on Wednesday uh, with This Week in ITFC History. And this, the preview show, um, each Friday, work permitting for me, um, if we can get it done. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Blue Monday ITFC. Follow me on Twitter at Benjamin Bloom. If you go to the Blue Monday Twitter, you can buy a t shirt there. Helps us a little bit with the running costs and what not and also my after game youtube videos can be found um if you tap benjamin bloom into youtube um should have something up straight after the sheffield united game actually mark if you can tell me uh, after we finish good place to park if i can get back to my car nice and nice and quickly can get one of those done um so thanks again to uh, mark for coming on it is now quarter to midnight so he's gone over and above. Um, Mark, would you like to have the last word? Yeah, go for it. I hope you all have a decent journey up to Sheffield, get some good beer because that's what you can get in Sheffield and that's what you should be enjoying when you come up to see <laughs> a nice hand-pulled beer in some decent pubs. And I hope you go back having watched a really good game of football but sorely disappointed. At zero points. Do you know what... Um, it's, yeah. I'm getting quite used to it now because we've already had Barnsley and, and Leeds. So I keep ending up in that, you know, that um, fuck off great shopping centre on the um, on the M1 just as you come into Sheffield. Yeah, Meadow Hall. Yes. <laughs> the, the, I keep our city centre, unfortunately. I keep ending up in TGI Fridays in there every time we just play away in, in Yorkshire. <laughs> so if anyone wants to meet me in TGI Fridays at lunchtime on Saturday, I will no doubt be there. Yes, um, yeah. All the all the opposition fans say we hope you have a nice day and you get zero points. So we'll see how it all pans out. Mark, thank you again so much for um, coming on. Good luck with the season. And um, when's the return game? Do you know when the return game is? No idea. Probably next year I've, sometime, isn't it? Um, I've, I seem to think it's kind of early in the new year I don't know sort of January February time yeah so um, hopefully we can we can catch up then maybe yeah yeah I've I've got to say I've got it in my mind that it's something like the middle of January because I'm going away and we come back and I'm pretty sure it's either yourselves or or the other side that you wouldn't want me to name in that kind of area because I remember <laughs> thinking it's a bit of a journey but I didn't want to go with that game and you've already so, given them bloody three points haven't you this season dear oh me yeah that was the one that I I tactically avoided you mentioning neglected to mention <laughs> I thought you were going to say you deliberately arranged your holiday to come back for a lovely trip to Suffolk but hey maybe uh, not it's um, a bit of a signal because I'm missing the home game against Wednesday because we we booked to, we're going over to see some friends in New Zealand and it was booked all before the season started and uh, you've got to go so all in if you're going that far, haven't you? Um, I'm yeah. scanning through the fixtures and I can't. I'm just seeing Ipswich v Cart. I'm just seeing lots of scary games that we're going to lose. But there you go. Right. Anyway, we're running long now. We've nearly done an hour. Mark, thank you so much and um, good luck for the season. Yeah, good luck for the season too. 
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.